0: Cruise Radio is brought to you in part by TripInsurance.com. Travel insurance done right. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com. Here we go.
1: Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, <laughs> this is Cruise Radio.
0: Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. we so happy to have you here, my friend. Don't forget the articles and stories and... Uh, comments, keep on rolling at cruiseradio.net or facebook.com slash cruiseradio. I laugh when I say comments because uh, boy, you guys are pretty opinionated. I have to tell you, uh, tell you that much. In full disclosure, coming up a little later on in the program, we're going to air an interview that I recorded back in February. So I'm talking about the cold weather and all that. So uh, just so you don't think I'm going crazy, it is 100 degrees here in Florida. Not in the 40s, like I said in the interview, but I just wanted to clear that up first. Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy is actually taking a very cool trip he's doing a holy land tour right now so he is out this week teresa norton masik cruise beat editor at travelpulse.com is on the line right now hello teresa hi doug norwegian cruise line revamps their dining package uh stewart briefly touched on this last week but i think he confused us more than he helped us so if you want to give (laughs) us the details on your take on it
2: well my take on it is that basically they're just making it a little simpler and a little more flexible Um, What they previously called their ultimate dining package, you had to take it and dine at a specialty restaurant every single night. Mm -hmm. Now they've made it so you can choose how many nights you want to dine in a specialty restaurant. So, for instance, if you're on a seven-night cruise, you can choose to dine in a specialty restaurant three nights up to seven. So for three nights, you choose the nights, it's $59.
0: Okay, so it's not just available for cruises that are seven nights. You could do it on a three-night or a five-night or whatnot.
2: Yeah, it's okay. it's different number of nights, and it's good for, you know, like I, I said, it goes up to like $189 for a 14-day package. So it's very flexible. Basically, you just decide how many nights you want um, and where. But there is a catch to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the specialty dining package is good at their signature restaurants, you know, Cagney Steakhouse, La Cucina, the Italian restaurant, Le Bistro, the teppanyaki. But, you know, they have those sort of premium, the primo restaurants, and there's still a fee for those with this package, Um, although it is a discounted fee. It's like, for instance, it's $15 for Ocean Blue, which, as we know, is the Jeffrey Zakarian restaurant, the seafood restaurant Mm. on the newer ships.
0: Gotcha. And also, it's
2: and also if you want to go to you know what they call the entertainment based uh dinners like the Cirque Dreams in the Illusionarium there's still a fee um starting at 10 ten dollars extra
0: okay yeah not bad cruises to nowhere now those are the popular cruises that people like to take a lot of like uh, a lot of first timers like to take them especially out of new york city where they'll jump on a ship spin around in the atlantic for two or three days and come back without hitting a port but uh i read where cruises to nowhere could soon be ending what's the latest on this Yeah,
2: they are ending, and um, as you know, they're also used when a new ship comes out and they want to introduce it to you know the travel agents and the cruise riders and and people like us. Mm -hmm. And they're also like little samplers, somebody who's never been on a cruise is like, I want to see what that's all about, but I don't want to commit to a week. Um, So apparently this is a ruling that's come down from the Customs and Border Protection. It gets kind of technical because it has to do with the visas that, foreign cruise ship workers get. They're called D-1 visas. And they're giving them these visas to come to the U.S., not to live in the U.S. all the time, but to go on to a foreign flagship, or they are also used by airplane workers, um, airline workers, to to come to the U.S., but then go out, you know, on the foreign flagship and visit the foreign ports. So it's sort of one of those visas designed to, to let people you know, sail around but not live permanently in the U.S. Okay, so but the thing is, Customs and Border Protection has long explained that a cruise to nowhere technically cannot depart the U.S. because it does not land in a foreign port. And this all got started with the Bimini Superfast Ferry, which was trying, wanting to operate gambling cruises out of Florida. And they had foreign um crew members on there. And basically, the ship would leave Florida, would go and sail around and then come back without touching a foreign port. Mm-hmm. And Customs looked at that as they're essentially an employee of a vessel providing entertainment within the U.S. Because it did not touch a foreign port, it was considered as a domestic operation. So it seems to me very technical and very picky, and um, but, but the, that was the rule. They ruled that Bimini Superfast could not do that with those foreign crew members, and now they feel they have to play fair and extend that to all the cruise lines. And um, Carnival was the one who kind of um, sent out announcements on some of its ships that they had some scheduled and sent out notice that they were going to have to end those. So we got the full story from Customs. Um, and, uh, and that's the situation.
0: It sounds like to me that, did Bimini try to challenge the government?
2: Yes, they did. Because that's what it sounds um, they, like.
0: And the government was just like, you know what, screw it. We're just going to cancel it all.
2: Yeah, well, they, they did. There was a court case, a federal case. And um, I got a copy of it and made my way through it to try to figure out what exactly was going on. But the judge sided with customs uh. and said that's the law. And um, if Bimini Superfast wanted to do those cruise to nowhere gambling and party cruises, they had to have an American all American crew. And you know, Doug that cruise ships just don't do that because the cost is prohibitive to to hire yeah. all US
0: workers. So at the end of the day we can thank Bimini super fast for screwing up cruises to nowhere. <laughs> Right? Um, well, they, they, I'll say it. They fought the good fight. Yeah, yeah. They lost a good fight. Um, moving on here. <laughs> Carnival bans bottled water aboard their ships. Bottled water and bottled soda. This created nothing short of hell all over social media, all over TVs, newspapers, everything, you name it. Because people are all over the map on this. It's quite comical, actually.
2: Right. Right. And I'm not really sure why, because you know as well as I do, and you've done stories on it, people who want to sneak booze onto a cruise ship go to such lengths (laughs) to try to do it. You know, we're talking, you know, using food coloring to tint the vodka that you put in a mouthwash bottle and all these products you can buy online to hide it. Um, But apparently also people like to bring on cases of bottled water. People who don't like to drink the water on cruise ships bring on bottled water, which seems kind of a hassle to me. Um, But it's being done. So, yeah, so Carnival said you can only bring on so many um, cans or cartons of liquid. Um, You cannot bring on bottled waters. You cannot carry it on other than one bottle of wine. You know, and I think they're trying to stem a problem. You know, when you have behavioral problems fueled by alcohol, apparently sometimes it seems to be linked back to people who smuggle Their alcohol on board and don't have to pay for it.
0: We talked about it last week that it's not a bad price for a 12 pack of water. It's reasonably fair. It's $2.99 for a 12 pack. Plus tax delivered right to your stateroom. You could buy it before your cruise, or if you wait until you get on your cruise, it's four ninety nine plus gratuities. But still, I mean, that's not bad because that bottle of water in your room is like what three or four bucks,
1: right?
2: And they lowered that simply because they do know people like bottled water, and obviously, they're not against people drinking bottled water. Mm-hmm. So that price is quite fair considering you pay more than two ninety nine for one bottle in an airport.
0: Yeah, yeah. Definitely.
2: Um, And so you can bring up to 12 unopened cans or cartons of water or even soda or other non-alcoholic beverages. So they're really trying to stop the smuggling of alcohol. And, of course, you got a lot of complaints. You probably did. I did. That Carnival is doing this just to try to boost revenue yeah, on board money by grab. forcing more people to buy. What I mean, what do you think
0: of that? I don't think it's a money grab because, I mean, that's about the cost of a bottled water here locally at Publix or Winn-Dixie uh, mm-hmm. for a 12-pack, so I don't think it's a money grab by any means, but, you know, the keyboard jockeys are going to jockey. Right. So I guess we got that going for us.
2: Carnival said they do not anticipate any increase in revenue as a result of this change. You know, especially because they lowered the the price of bottled water by so much.
0: So moving on to Holland America, the Holland America MS Nordam rescued a sightseeing boat in Alaska last week. Uh, what are the details on this? Yeah, the Nordam was
2: on an Alaska cruise there in Glacier Bay, and... Um, There was a sightseeing boat that was disabled somehow. I'm not sure what exactly happened to it, but the Nordam goes and they lower their tender into the water and they bring about 40 passengers and one park ranger uh, to the cruise ship. And they feed them lunch and they sail for a little bit and they go to a place called Bartlett Cove where apparently it was convenient to drop them off. (laughs) So, you know, they got a little free mini-cruise out of it. And this kind of thing does happen every now and then (laughs) when cruise ships come to the rescue. It's the third time a Holland America ship has, has made a rescue this
0: year. It's also the third time that the Holland America ship has rescued this same vessel over the past three years the same sightseeing vessel? (laughs) Really? It happened in August of 2012. It took on water, and then it had a mechanical problem in August of 2013, and then this just happened last week. It's like, you know what? I think it's time to retire the boat, maybe make it a reef (laughs) and buy a new one. You know?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Holland America will start billing them for the rescue (laughs) services.
0: Exactly. They should. Uh, In closing here, we have a listener question, Teresa. Uh, Someone was asking about a villa on Half Moon Cay, which is Holland America's and uh, Carnival's Private Island. So I'm just going to read the uh, question in its entirety. It says, Doug, a villa on Carnival's Private Island, Half Moon Cay, for eight people is $499.99. The villa itself holds 18 people every person over eight people is required to pay an additional forty nine ninety nine per person. We have 11 people in our party, and I'm confused why we have to pay extra if the villa itself holds 18. Why is that? First off, this sounds like a very confusing algebra problem.
2: <laughs> right, and I'm so good at algebra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, Half Moon Key is, is one of the most highly rated um, private islands. It's really beautiful. And um, a year or two ago, Holland America added five two-story beach villas, um, and I think that's what this person is talking to because they use the word villa. They have smaller cabanas, but these villas are pretty luxurious. They're two-story. They have um, a private bathroom, which is great when you're on the beach all day. They're air-conditioned. There's a hot tub and a fridge, um, and I think what the situation is here, um is that they also provide you with soft drinks and bottled water and snacks like fresh fruit, chips and dips, salsa, that kind of thing. Um, From my understanding, the beach villas are stocked with like eight floaty things to use for the day and towels and all that stuff. So if you're going to have more than eight people, these beach villas are really set up for eight people. So if you want to have more, they have to bring in more of the sodas, more of the bottled water, more of the snacks. They have to stock it with more towels, you know, more floating mats and snorkeling gear. That's what I'm guessing, not to mention the additional cleaning that might be required. I suspect if they booked one and 11 people showed up and they didn't care if they had extra bottled water or sodas, there might not be a problem. Um, I hate to say that, but, you know, I suspect... If you want 11 people to have, you know, enough soft drinks and snacks and all that kind of stuff, you know, just pay the extra
0: fee. Well, I can tell you, in 14 years of doing radio, I can tell you one thing. It's always better to ask for forgiveness and permission.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people subscribe to that theory, I think. So,
0: Yeah, so just go have a good time, whatever. Have a couple <laughs> drinks, snorkel a little bit. All right, we've been talking with Teresa of Norton Massick. She's the Cruise Beat Editor at TravelPulse.com. If you want to find out more about TravelPulse, just check out the show notes at cruiseradio.net or slide your little mouse over to TravelPulse.com. That works with any computer with Internet access. Access Right, Teresa? It certainly does. Okay. But if you don't have internet, it won't work? That's correct. (laughs) Okay, good. Teresa, thanks for being on the show. Oh, anytime, Doug. This is Cruise Radio. A well-planned trip is truly a vacation. And at Enchanted Memories Travel, we take the guesswork out of yours. Whether it's a trip to Disney, a cruise, island getaway, or anywhere your dreams take you, Enchanted Memories Travel makes it simple. We'll handle your trip from start to finish with no added fees. Enchanted Memories Travel wants you to make memories, not reservations. Visit EnchantedMem.com for more information. When is your next cruise? Where are you going?
1: And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist CruisingExcursions.com offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, cruisingexcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, in which we include the visas, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting cruisingexcursions.com. Cruise Radio, maintaining our global reach. Listen live at
0: cruiseradio.net. We always love hearing your cruise reviews. If you have one you'd like to share, just email comments at cruiseradio.net. Like Teresa Russell up there in very chilly Columbus, Ohio did. Hello, Teresa. Hi, Doug. How are you? Good, and I want to ask you because uh, it's 42 right now in Jacksonville, Florida. What's the temperature there in Ohio?
1: Oh, I don't even want to know. (laughs) I would say maybe... eeked into the
0: double digits. Oh, you said it was like negative eleven the other day?
1: It was negative eleven yesterday.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about Hawaii and the Pride of America. So we'll take a little mental escape from the cold, if you will. So uh you you recently sailed on Norwegian cruise line's Pride of America. So before we get to the actual ship itself, let's take a step back and talk about what made you want to sail on Pride of America besides this cold weather.
1: Well Hawaii is a big draw and I hadn't been there since I think maybe 1990, Mm -hmm. and I had only been to Oahu, so Pride of America spends 100 hours in four different ports, including two overnights, one on Maui and the other, well, we do two ports on the big island of Hawaii, which is almost like spending two nights, and then an overnight in Kauai.
0: Nice, nice. So you said over 100 hours in four different ports, so that's uh, a big deal. So if you wanted to actually maybe step off the ship and stay in a resort one night, you could actually technically do that?
1: You could actually do that, and I think a lot of people do that on the big island of Hawaii, Mm. and we thought that would be the place to miss the ship if for some (laughs) reason we didn't get back in time because we could just drive across the island from Hilo to Kona.
0: Nice. And uh, where does it embark? We embarked in Honolulu, okay. And, uh, so there's
1: plenty to do there, and I highly recommend coming early or staying late or doing both. But coming early would be good just because there's a I'm on Eastern time. There's a five hour time difference,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's a heck of a long flight. Yeah, I was going to ask you get how long there.
0: is that, How much? How long is that flight?
1: We left. My flight left at five p.m. from Columbus, and we got to Hawaii the next. Day at six a.m., mm. which would have been eleven a.m. Columbus time. Oh boy! Yeah. So it was a heck of a long flight.
0: Right. So here we but are. I did
1: have some late layovers.
0: Nice. Well, here we are. Boots on the ground in Hawaii. You're there. You're at the terminal. Well, how was the embarkation process?
1: Embarkation was great. It was easy. It was typically Hawaiian. I'll say everything about the ship has a real Hawaiian flair. You know that you are, you know, in the islands. So they have a leg greeting instead of just the uh, first photo with the ship as the background. We had some Hula dancers with us in the photo, and that was nice. And embarkation was great, easy, efficient.
0: And uh, since this is a Hawaii cruise and it just basically circumnavigates the Hawaiian islands, there's no need for a passport, right?
1: No need for a passport. No need for a birth certificate because you are in the U.S. Hmm. And there are people who seem to not realize that Hawaii is actually part of the U.S. (laughs) They use American money there. They speak English (laughs) and also Hawaiian.
0: Hey, man, what language do they speak over there in Hawaii?
1: (laughs) Exactly. But they do speak Hawaiian, and that's an interesting language that has only 12
0: letters in it. Hmm. Nice. So um, you go through embarkation and you get on Pride of America. What was your impression?
1: I was very impressed. Honestly, I had heard some not-so-wonderful reviews about the ship or the service or the crew. I am very perplexed as to where these people came up with these poor reviews. The service was good and being American flagged. The crew is American or people with green cards, but I I had read they were unfriendly and lazy and disinterested. That was not the case at all. The service was excellent. There's no language barrier Mm -hmm. with any of the crew because they all speak English and they were chatty. There are a lot of college students, people maybe doing a gap year. I even met somebody who went to Ohio State, and I can say that I've never met a crew member before who went to my alma
0: mater. Wow, yeah, first time for everything. So let's move to the stateroom. What kind of stateroom did you have, and what were your impressions?
1: I I had a balcony, Mm -hmm. and a balcony is great for the Hawaii itinerary for obvious reasons, because you do sail close to the islands a lot, like along the Nepali coast, so It's nice to have a place that you can just sit, relax, and view it. I will say the cabins were a little bit smaller than on other Norwegian ships. But I will also say we were rarely in our stateroom.
0: Right. Cool. You said it was a little smaller. Uh, In what way?
1: Usually, you have a little more room to get around. I mean, the bed was fairly close to, to the end wall, the end of the wall, and passing by the desk and... The shelves was a little bit tight, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but it wasn't uncomfortable. It wasn't horrendously small, but you do notice the difference. But the room was well-maintained. We had a good stateroom steward, and maybe we could have used a little more storage space, but we survived.
0: One thing that Pride of America has, actually Norwegian in general has, is a lot of dining options. I know they have like the uh, Cadillac Diner, Aloha Cafe, Key West Grill, and a few other venues aboard Pride of America. Uh, what were your impressions of the dining?
1: I love the dining. And since it's an American flagship, the theme of the ship, and we heard some people make comments about the stars, and there's a Mardi Gras venue, and Liberty Dining Room. Which kind of has a colonial America theme? Everything it has an American theme. Mm. So when you see stars on the floor or the Great Seal of the United States in the atrium, it's because it's an American ship. Uh, we were just surprised. Some people wondered why. Why are there stars here? Why does this look white? Well, kind of looks like the White House maybe, or the Capitol, or but it showcases Americana.
0: Very good. And as far as the specialty restaurants, did you do any dining on the, uh, in any specialty restaurants?
1: Oh, I have to admit that I went to several. The usual Le bistro on this ship is called Jefferson's Bistro, and it's mm-hmm. the French restaurant. That was excellent. We also went to Moderno's the Troscaria, which I call the meat fest. <laughs> and you have meat you know, right up for skewer in many different presentations. And it was all delicious. And the secret for somebody like me who doesn't eat as much as some people, I know some people can eat
0: mm-hmm.
1: massive amounts like <laughs> you, is, you know, just take a little taste of each, and that makes a full meal. There's also a very nice salad bar included with that and desserts as well.
0: Hmm.
1: But that was just an amazing experience. And the other restaurant, one of my favorites, that we ate it at was um the steakhouse Cagnes, and that I had a filet mignon there,
0: mm.
1: and that just melted in my mouth. They use certified Angus beef.
0: Nice, huh? Interesting. I'm in a daydream now because I'm thinking of all this food. And last time I went to Cagnes was on a uh, Norwegian Sky, and I had the flame and, yawn, and it was so flipping amazing. So we're gonna move on because we'll talk about food all day. Because I know you. Uh, uh, let's talk I know, about, and I'll
1: be hungry. Yes. Yeah, and... so let's
0: talk about entertainment aboard Pride of America. Uh, what did you think of the entertainment?
1: I only went to a few. Well, I shouldn't say that. I was saying this ship because it's a different port intensive itinerary you won't see all the big production shows that you see on the other Norwegian ships which is fine because a lot of people are off the ship and there's so much to do but that's not to say there aren't things like a magician there was rock that was a good show a comedian yeah there's what else was there you know there's a, a whole variety and a lot of Piano players, guitar players, Hawaiian music, just not the huge, huge production shows like there's not like legally blonde or blue man group or anything yeah, like that.
0: Right. But that works fine. How about uh because it's in US waters and it hits US ports, there I would assume there's no gambling?
1: Oh, that's the other thing. There is no gambling mm-hmm. and there is also no bingo. Uh I know, and some people were a little disappointed in the bingo, but they do have bingo games. I didn't go, and they're free, and I assume that you win like the keychains, <laughs> but you don't win money and you don't pay. And also on the, the ship, because of Hawaii state laws, you could not buy the ultimate beverage package mm. like you can on other Norwegian ships.
0: Interesting. I didn't know that. Um, one thing that really describes a cruise ship is how it behaves itself on sea days when everybody's coming out to play in one area. And I know you didn't have a lot of sea days because you did a couple of overnights and all of that, but the sea days you did have, how did the ship behave and the general flow of the ship?
1: Well, I will say there are no sea days on the ship except for embarkation day. So even though everybody was there and there's about 2,000, a little over 2,000 passengers it, it never felt like a big ship. Mm-hmm. I was really impressed. You know, in the evenings, it was pretty quiet. The flow was good. The layout of the ship was great. There are a lot of different areas where you can go and get away from everything if you want. One place I really liked was their library, mm-hmm. which was one of the largest and best stocked library I've seen on a ship. Nice. And it had lots of memorable, memorabilia from. The USS America, I think it is. Mm -hmm. So that was nice. We could just spend time going there, checking out the history of shipping in Hawaii. And they also had a cultural center on board where you could learn all about Hawaii. So what what four ports did you hit? Our first port was Maui, Mm -hmm. and that's an overnight. The next port was Hilo, which is on the big island of Hawaii. And the next day after that was Kona on the other side of Hawaii. And the last port, which was also an overnight, was Kauai.
0: Okay. Wow. It sounds cool having all those overnights.
1: Oh, it was definitely amazing. There's no need to rush back from activities when, you know, the ship will be there. Yeah. And like you said, if you chose, you could stay overnight at a resort on island or go and dine on island or take in a luau. There is a luau shore excursion in Kauai that a lot of people on the ship want to. Very and good. there are luaus in other ports. Did, uh, so there's plenty to do. Yeah. In fact, I almost regretted not doing a back to back because I could have done the whole thing another time nice, and still not have seen or done everything.
0: Nice. Well, We're coming up on a break here, but in closing, Teresa, do you have any been-there, done-that tips for people who may be considering Pride of America?
1: Definitely go early and stay late. Do your research. Um, We rent a car on every island, and I highly recommend that. You know, you can do everything at your own pace, Mm -hmm. especially good for people like adventurous things like hiking or kayaking.
0: Cool. Very good. And uh, final thoughts. And of- go with
1: an open mind. Don't listen to any of those reviews.
0: Yeah, I always say that. Don't read the reviews on the message boards. Go in with an open mind and experience everything for exactly. yourself because most exactly. of those people are just lashing out whenever they're writing on there. Um, final thoughts here Proud of America. Go.
1: Go for it. Take advantage of everything. If you have time, do some of the Hawaiian-focused themed activities on board and just enjoy the islands.
0: We've been talking with Teresa Russell about her recent experience aboard Norwegian Cruise Line's Pride of America. You can find Teresa at EssentiallyCruising.com or on Twitter at CruiseRider. We'll link to that in the show notes as well at CruiseRadio.net. Teresa, my dear, always a pleasure, and stay
1: warm. Uh, ha ha, Doug. <laughs> I'll try. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.